Yo, Chad, what if I told you there's a platform that could completely revolutionize your hiring strategy in a matter of hours? Yeah, I'd call bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit with AI for jobs powered by our friends at This Way Global. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, While everyone else is fishing in the same old talent pools, AI for Jobs can source over 160 million diverse candidate profiles. This Way Global has established unique partnerships with over 8,500 trusted diversity partners. So wait a minute. All of the hard on-the-ground work is already done. That's right, Cowboy. You can discover 300 qualified candidates per job rack instantly. Wow. It's like having a candidate sourcing magic wand. (laughs) Dude, if you had a magic wand, you would have Mexican pizzas all day. Mm. Uh, Stop distracting me, Sowash. AI for Jobs Advanced Matching Algorithm analyzes past applicants using trillions of historical matching events and over 1,600 data points. Now that is what AI should be doing, saving recruiters time on sourcing while they provide a white glove candidate experience. Let's wrap this shit up. I'm hungry. Listen up, kids. Revolutionize your hiring process today by jumping over to thiswayglobal.com and checking out AI for Jobs, where you can learn more about how to leverage AI for your recruiting instead of just writing poems and grocery lists. That is thiswayglobal.com. We out. You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser. But did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually kind of fun. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Past the ditchy on the left-hand side. What's up, everybody? It's Joel Cheeseman. You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, as always, joined by my co-host in arms, Chad Sowash. And today we are honored to welcome Kim Verenstein, founder at Verk Imajo, if I said that correctly. Ooh, Kim, that welcome to the show, calling in, <laughs> calling in from Spain, but you're a, you're a Dutch. Yes. Dutch, Dutch folk. I would say Dutchie. Dutchie. Okay, yeah. we'll go with that. She's a Dutchie on the yes, left-hand the side, which also the... means uh, doobie, right? So, I mean, that means marijuana on the left-hand <laughs> side. <laughs> well, in Amsterdam, it's, which, uh, it's a lot there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, now that's, that's coffee, right? You go to a coffee <laughs> yeah. shop. Which to Europeans get, yeah. have no idea what that is. 
<laughs> so Kim, uh, tell us about yourself. Yeah, great. Well, you pronounce it a bit German, and uh, because it's Dutch, uh, but it's 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 really hard to pronounce, of course. But uh, my name is Kim Wierenstein van from uh, Werkimago, so uh, we have a really strong. Uh, <laughs> And that's and, a company, um, not a town in the yeah, Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's actually in English uh, translated, it's the working image. So, yes, and I'm um, I'm uh, learning and coaching recruiters, especially in the SMB, so the small, medium uh, businesses, to implement yeah employer branding and recruitment marketing in their companies. And you're historically sort of a sourcer, right? You got a lot of sourcing experience. I, I uh, worked as well as a sourcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how'd you make the jump from that to employment brand? That's a jump m- most people don't make. Yeah. Well, uh, I work over yeah for ten years in uh, in recruitment. I've seen the RPO, the corporate side, and as well the um, how do you say it like the the agencies. Uh-huh. And uh, since I'm actually working remote in Spain, I do some searching, some sourcing with it as well. Uh, but my main company is uh, is learning uh, the recruiters how to do it. And it actually became because uh, in the Netherlands, a lot of yeah trainers are a bit uh, talking always in strategies and theories and all kind mm-hmm. of fancy words regarding employer branding. And I thought, <laughs> well, we can do that more easily. So an average recruiter understands this topic as well. So that's why I started my company. So this is what you're talking about is generally more on a tactical level as opposed to strategic, or do you also do uh, strategic consulting? Where do you, where do you actually live in the, in the world of employer brand? Well, I, I think the bigger your company is, the more strategic you go. That being said, of course, when you're a smaller company, you can also work strategic. But what, mm-hmm. what we see a lot in, in the Netherlands with small, uh, medium businesses is that sometimes a recruiter is just alone and doesn't have that much budget. And um, even then you can do some employer branding activities. So if you're looking to me, I can go to way. <laughs> but if you're looking to, to most of the clients within the SMBs, um, they, they are in the middle, I think. So they are tactical, but as well doing the, the work themselves, the operational work. Gotcha. How do you yourself define employer brand? Oh, and that's a that's of course always a nice one because uh, uh, you can you can go several ways. But employer branding, where to start? Because in the Netherlands, I don't know how it's in the USA, but a lot of people confuse it as well with uh, recruitment marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, employer branding is more the part who you are uh, as an employer. Employer, I guess you know in the in the USA as well, like the EVP. So your your values, who, which values do you have? What kind of culture? Um, mm-hmm. Where you're standing for? Um, those kind of things. And I always say recruitment marketing is more the um, making your employer brand visible. Uh, so how you make your employer brand visible? Yeah, in the Netherlands, like a lot of people who are not that familiar are always saying, okay, employer branding, I want to do employer branding. And then I'm asking, what what do you want to do with employer branding? And they, they describe recruitment marketing, for example. So when you're talking to recruiters, you're also, I would assume, 
helping them develop a personal brand as well, because that individual who does represent the brand, but that individual really needs to have kind of like their, their, their own brand per se, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's working with candidates or what have you, having their own podcast, those types of things. Do you talk to recruiters about creating their own personal brand underneath the umbrella of the corporate brand? Yeah, of course, it, it goes hand in hand uh, for that uh, matter. So um, so we, we always uh, hit that uh, topic as well. But I think as well, a lot of recruiters always want to do everything by themselves. Why? Yeah, why? I don't know. I think recruiters are like uh, doing from marketing until people skills, uh, until administrative tasks. And, and the, the position of a recruiter is, of course, very broad. So I think a lot of recruiters think, okay, I'm going to do this, where I also learn them a lot. Okay, uh, ask as well the employers who are in a certain position uh, to, to do, describe, for example, or, or to um, write a, a blog or an article or whatever about their job. Um, instead of the recruiter is going to write about the job of an account manager. I just name an example. You started your company in 2019. You're, you're- consulting practice. So yeah. in a year after you started it, uh, this little thing called the pandemic hit, uh, and we're slowly crawling out of it. So I'm just curious, uh, aside from the great timing that you had, and when you started the business, talk about what EB looked like in 2019, what you saw in the pandemic. Obviously, we saw a lot of people, employment brand managers being laid off, employment brand became less important. And then what, what sort of your take as we come out of the pandemic? Is it going to be as strong uh, as it was before? Is it going to be stronger? Our company is going to move away from it or embrace it as we come out of uh, the pandemic? Well, I think especially in, in, some, time, uh, in some specific markets, um, it's hotter than ever. Because the, I, I've noticed the, the more scared people are, uh, scarce, not scared. <laughs> the more, the um, <laughs> as well, scared actually. Yeah, but um, uh, the more uh, people uh, or employers tend to want to do something with employer branding. Of course, they feel a lot of pain from not filling in the vacancies. So, but employer branding, of course, is not a short-term strategic; it's a lo- longer term. But, but that's what I, I see a lot. And if you're looking to the the period before COVID, if you're looking in the recruiters market, it was in the Netherlands, really, really hot topic. So there weren't enough recruiters <laughs> as well, like the, the, the temporary positions of recruitment for freelancers, there, were, there weren't enough. Then, of course, in March 2020, COVID came and all those recruiters were... Uh, were left off and they left companies and they were unemployed uh, for a a long period. But starting from September on um, until now, it, it, it raised again, but now again, it's before COVID. Like everywhere are vacancies for recruiters, uh, temporary and permanent. So it's it's again really um, yeah going crazy again for for recruiters. And, uh, and I think it, it, it's as well, because the the different markets are becoming more and more scarce. So, are you lumping employment brand folks with the recruiters that are being hired? Are, are they are they hiring employment brand folks in equal numbers? Mm, no, I don't think so. Because a lot of 
especially small, medium companies don't have those positions within their company. So the recruiter just need to do it. So do you work directly with individual recruiters to be able to help them build their personal brands? Or are you just working generally with small to medium size businesses uh, and, and helping them build brands along with their recruiters at the same time? Are you engaging the SMBs, the small, medium sized businesses, or are you doing both. Most of them with the individual recruiters. So the recruiters within the SMBs, I uh-huh. help them and coach them to yeah, to develop the employer brand and the, and the recruitment marketing. And of course, a lot of time companies ask as well, oh, maybe you can help with this or with the landing pages for the for the career sites or something like that. So then I say, okay, I will help you as well with this. So on the SMB side, do Many of these organizations have any marketing capacity whatsoever. Do they have anyone that's in a marketing role? Do they do they do anything on the marketing side of the house versus uh, what we're talking about on the employer brand side? Yeah, yeah. Most of them have uh, an own marketeer, or sometimes there's also like an agency who does it. But most of the companies have have an own marketeer. Yeah. Or, or several, actually. <laughs> Curious about uh, sort of st- strategies and tactics. What, how much, how much does, how much do review sites like Glassdoor and Indeed reviews come into play when you're consulting with a company? Uh, when you define employment brand, I was uh, when I define it, I think of it as what your what people say about you um, is your brand. So what people say on review sites is really important. Is that a focus for you when you're, when you're helping a company or what's sort of your take on the importance of employer brand site or sorry, review sites and how you should, how you should manage that? Yeah. Well, actually the funny thing is that review sites, they are there, but they're not that big, I think in, as in the USA. So they are really, I, I guess, rising. Of course you have Glassdoor. Indeed it's more like a, a, a platform who, where you can post your vacancies and it doesn't really say something about your company performance. So a site like Kanunu is fairly big in Europe, for example. I never heard of it. How do you say (laughs) Kanunu? I guess not. I think Australia, maybe, maybe Australia. It could be Australia. Yeah, but the thing is that it's actually funny that you say it because a lot of uh, other parts of the world think Europe is like one but um, like in Europe, the Netherlands is completely different from Germany and it's completely different again from Spain. And this, whoever does it is irrelevant. Are you saying you don't have review websites or it's not a thing in Europe at all? Yeah, we, we have them. And of course, they, they are used, but it's not, a, not, not that big, I think, as in the USA. So you see in the Netherlands, actually, a lot of times uh, people are working on their employer brand from internally. So what are the employees saying? And of course, as well, what are applicants saying, for example? Uh-huh. But, but Glassdoor and Indeed and, and like the reviews of those, I, I think they a lot of uh, companies look a bit to it, but it's not that it's that thing that is our employer brand, what people are saying oh, there. That's, that's fascinating. Okay. How hard is it? Being in Europe, obviously, there are so many different languages, so many different cultures. How hard is it to actually establish a brand, an employer brand, a personal brand? Because I would think being able to try to reach all these types of groups of not just countries, but people, that would be incredibly hard compared to over here in the big globule uh, USA. 
Yeah, I think from one side, yes. But the other one is that a lot of Dutch uh, companies are only recruiting within the Netherlands. So they don't have anything to do with the other countries. Why is that? I mean, remote obviously works. Yeah, I just wanted to say like since COVID, I'm as well working remote from Spain for the Dutch market. But since that, that's something that COVID as well, well, maybe it's a, an advantage of COVID that more and more uh, companies well, were forced to work remote and saw, saw the, the advantages of it. I think if you look in the Netherlands, um, the Netherlands is quite international, so hardly everybody speaks English. So when there are international companies, they just, well, well, do everything in English. But a lot of companies are still wanting Dutch speaking persons. <laughs> so they just have everything in Dutch. And the companies who, who are very internationally orientated and do, don't have um, a really good employer brand. For example, if you have your vacancies in English, I, I don't har know hard numbers, but But you will get less applicants if you're uh, writing your vacancy in English instead of writing it in Dutch. So I always say to people, well, if you want somebody who speaks Dutch, you need to make the vacancy in Dutch. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the chat and cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, Yeah. simplicity. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, though, seriously, text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, uh -huh. text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> Let's get to the, the, the marketing poll that you mentioned. Talk about that. Well, uh, Chad and I had like a month ago uh, a, uh, a call and then we said like, okay, where does employer branding actually belongs? And I thought, okay, it's funny to do like a little poll on LinkedIn in, within my network. And I asked the question like employer branding and recruitment mark, where does it belong? Mar uh, recruitment marketing, where does it belong? And actually, well, 44% said uh, it belongs to recruitment. <laughs> so it's actually quite funny. Uh, 28 said uh, with marketing, 14% said HR, and 13% said different. And then I said, well, put your comments below. 
And most of those comments were like, it doesn't belong with one uh, department. It belongs with three. So uh, marketing, recruitment, and like communication. I think it's interesting that HR is even in the conversation because HR are their paper pushers, their compliance, their policy. To be able to say that they have anything to do with marketing <laughs> or branding is probably the worst decision in the world. Number one. Number two, to, to not say that one organization has accountability for it screws the whole pooch because you don't know who to look to when your brand is all fucked up. Right. So it's like, and again, this is a very European, I think answer is, Oh, we all do it together. That's bullshit. There has to be somebody who's (laughs) accountable for that. Right. I mean, and again, that's, I think more of an American thing to say. It's like, who do I point to when I want to get shit fixed? Well, I have to say that all the people who said like, it's divided through uh, several departments. I asked them like, okay, but who's the final person responsible for And then a lot of people said it should be then recruitment. (laughs) The opinions were, of course, as well, a bit divided. And I think that a lot of people said HR as well, because within the SMBs, you have a lot of persons who do HR and recruitment. Well, I think we can have a separate podcast about (laughs) about that. Because it's, of course, different skills. But um, so you also have within the smaller companies, just one person responsible for HR and recruitment. Kim, I'm going to let you out on this. On your website, you talk uh, a little bit uh, about candidate experience and why that's important to the employment brand messaging. Uh, So talk about advice you give give clients in terms of the, the candidate experience, because those tend to be very cold and corporate activities when they are really great opportunities to get your brand across. I think a lot of companies are missing that opportunity. Yeah. What what I see a lot, if it's uh, talking about employer branding vacancies or, or recruitment marketing, is that we tend to have a high level of what we want as a company. The what's in it for the, the candidate is is often forgotten. So I always say to, to companies who do not have the luxury of uh, a lot of applications, I always say put less requirements in your vacancy. Not that you need to put them overboard, but let the people first apply. And if you have, for example, 10 applicants, uh, applicants, then you can, uh, then you have an option to choose from. But if you're already putting 10 requirements, for example, you don't have even people who, who will apply because they think they can't succeed that level of requirements. So this is a very practical example. But as well, you see uh, within the Netherlands, you still see a lot of people, if you're talking about candidate experience, who uh, let the people... Uh, the candidates, uh, well, just rest for one week <laughs> and then they come back and then uh, the candidate has already another offer. And wh- what I also always try to give them is also look at your website. Like if you're, for example, um, having a picture and people are looking at you, then you have less like conversion than if people are looking to the apply button. So you say no pictures. So uh, pictures make it more personally and as well uh, pictures from real people, not from models. (laughs) But if you, they're like a kind of smart thing. Sometimes the color of an an apply button can already be of influence if somebody will hit the apply button or not. So I'm always looking a bit further with my clients. Okay, what can you do on your career website as well to 
make it more low key that people will actually apply. For example, I now made a button with uh, apply or ask your question through WhatsApp. Actually very simple, but people tend to hit more the button ask your question through WhatsApp than to hit the button apply because then in once it's really official. Yeah. Well, that being said, as we're talking about candidate experience, you're talking about WhatsApp. What about conversational AI slash chat bots? How are you, are you seeing more companies using those for a better candidate experience? Are you not? What, what are you seeing uh, with companies that you're talking to? Well, I think if you look in the Netherlands, we have uh, one big company who does this and they win all kind of prizes and stuff like that. So um, <laughs> because they do it very well, actually, I think. What kind of prizes? <laughs> New car. Money. Money. <laughs> because they have a lot of news value for for the average company. I think more and more companies are um, are implementing these systems. But that being said, if you don't if you're a smaller company, you don't have that much budget. But you see it's more common and, and uh, people are um, employers are implementing these software more and more. Kim, it is wonderful to be able to talk to you, especially for us to be able to better understand. Generally, we talk about the bigger companies, not as much the SMBs. So you helping us and enlightening us <laughs> on that side of the house and also across the pond. So uh, we appreciate you coming on. It's Kim Varenstein, everybody. Dankeschön, uh, Kim. <laughs> yes. And, and Kim, if people want to listen to the podcast, remember everybody, it's in Dutch. So you have to, you have to, ha you have to listen to Dutch. Uh, if they want to listen to the podcast, they want to connect with you. Where would you send them? Where would I send them? Well, I have to, to be honest, a lot of things with what I do are really in Dutch because that is my main target audience. So, but if they want to connect, they can connect me on Instagram. My Instagram account is Verkimago, it's already Dutch. And um, as well on LinkedIn. So uh, I would, I will say again in, in Dutch, my name, because uh, Joel, you're, you're always saying in German. <laughs> <laughs> so, my, so my name is Kim Wiedenstein. Oh yeah, it's so not international, but anyhow. So, and I'm also connected with you guys. So maybe they can look in your friends and search for Kim and they will find me. Very good. <laughs> Which means we out. We aus. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses. And not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. 
You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.